Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out podcast. That was Be Fair out of Sheffield, England. The song was called Hadfield 5. And though I said field twice already, I don't think they reside in a rural area at all. But I truly don't know England's geography or topography or any kind of ographies that has to do with the UK. So I'm going to stay out of it. Forget I said anything. Let's concentrate on the song. The song rocks. I enjoyed it quite a bit, except for the vocals and the bridge part. They got a little too pop punky for me. I'm just being honest, but mostly I think it was awesome. They reference the band uh, off with their heads and that there may be some similarities between Hadfield 5 and their catalog. And I'd agree. I hear it. I love it. It's great. So I wanted to share it with you here on this episode of Getting It Out podcast. The song was inspired by guitarist Dickie Allen's most recent struggle with blood clots, and it's named after the Sheffield Hospital where Allen recovered. Scary stuff. But at least one of the end results was a very good song, Hadfield 5. I don't think it's coming on another release. I don't know exactly. This seems to be a band that releases singles. They had put out another one recently called Montreal Screwjob, but that has something to do with wrestling for sure. So you can listen to that and decide whether that's valid or not and take the wrestling out or in. It's all up to you. Oh boy, do I believe I'm getting off track and over top on this intro and that's okay. Check out Be Fair again from Sheffield, England. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking more punk rock, but we're going down to Atlanta because Reconciler is from the Peach State and they've got a new album out called Art for Our Sake. It's available now everywhere and we're going to talk all about that. But first, we're going to go to New Jersey and get our faces properly thrashed from Hot Zone. Welcome to the first post-Super Bowl episode of 2024. First and only, I guess. One is in the bank and there will be no more. No more Super Bowls this year. Nothing else to look forward to if you're a fan of Super Bowls, I guess. But if you're a fan of elder abuse, you got a little preview, huh? That was nice. Nice addition to your Super Bowl. Uh, interesting things happened. Some of them on the football field. Well, at least all of them in the stadium. Uh, a guy blew out his ACL or something just by running. That was interesting. Poor Greenlaw. And then he had to watch a bunch of uh, a whole ensemble of roller skaters successfully navigate a stage on grass or turf or whatever that was. That might have been frustrating. I don't know. Probably more frustrating, though, was watching his team lose in overtime. I thought it was a fun game. Fun how? Fun because it wasn't so good to begin with. But immediately I started winning money on it. And that helps. Shout out to Super Bowl Squares for three quarters of victory for me. We don't need to dig into the financial details, but we did pretty well here at our house on the way the Super Bowl worked out. Gambling can be cool when you're not losing, huh? Seemed like a safe bet, though, to go for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes seems to be able to do whatever he wants to do when the pressure is on. And he did it again for the third time. Unfortunately, last year was at the expense of my Philadelphia Eagles. This year was at the expense of my fantasy football winning roster of Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey. But sacrifices must be made. And truly, I enjoy seeing like dynasties, greatness in sports. I actually think that's fun. I don't like when it's at the expense of the teams that I like. 
but I'll always be happy to see Andy Reid get in another Super Bowl. Hopefully he gets more. If only his abuser of a tight end will allow him to. I don't have a good segue from the Super Bowl into the interview on this episode, other than the last time I remember a Super Bowl involving Atlanta is when the Falcons blew their 28 to 3 lead. I remember driving home from Philadelphia to York that night thinking, well, this game's over. It's 28 to 3. And then, of course, you know the history. It wasn't because they had Tom Brady on New England's side and yada, yada, yada. This band that I'm talking to on this episode is from Atlanta, Georgia. Their name is Reconciler. They have a new album out called Art for Our Sake. You can call it punk rock. I'll call it that, too, just to make it simple for all of us. I want to remind everybody that you could have heard this interview weeks ago by joining the Getting It Out Patreon for just $2 a month. Get early ad-free access to all the interview episodes that I will be putting out right now. Available on the Getting It Out Patreon is an interview with Hatebreed's drummer Matt Byrne. That's the only place you'll find that before it drops right here in the public. But hey, for just $2, you can afford it. And you want to hear that. I know you do. That's where every single episode is going to go first. And if you're a fan of heavier music, there's a lot coming down that pipeline. We have not only is Hatebreed up there now, but coming soon is Job for a Cowboy. See you next Tuesday. Wrist Meat Razor. And how about a little progressive black metal with Borknagar? Or something a little more classic from Morbid Saint. Either way, there's stuff there for everyone. So I highly encourage you to go check that out and see what's offering right now. But first, let's listen to this interview. The fellas in Reconciler, Joseph and Darren. But you know, we got to play a song first. So let's go with Shots in the Dark from Art for Our Sake. And then my conversation with the fellas. Your can. The 
how did you guys even find yourselves interested in, I don't want to say alternative music, but alternative from the norm music, punk? Oh, man. Well, Darren, I think I'm going to have to let you take it first because we got to go back a few more years with you than me. So. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> um, for me, it was uh, it was skateboarding. Um, I mean, to to summarize it pretty quickly, I mean, it was watching old skateboard videos. Uh, H Street, um, Hocus Pocus was probably like the the skate video that we recorded the cassette, and we would just cruise around town listening to that, you know, that cassette over and over again, knowing all the songs and knowing every audible grind and yell and fall and everything else that would happen in those you know in those things. Um, and I think those types of, you know, from being a small town in Pennsylvania where I grew up, like that was kind of the only way to get into or have exposure to new music in that underground realm. So, I mean, that's the stuff that turned you on to, you know, Operation Ivy and No Effects and Propaganda and Bad Religion and whoever, they, you know, everything in between, you know, back in back in my day. So, yeah, that's that's how it started for me. I mean, kind of similar story for me. I'm from a small town in South Alabama on the Gulf coast as well. So it's like, you got to find your way into that thing. However, it's going to come to you, you know? And right. I think, uh, think probably green day dookie was like the first, the first thing for me that was like a little door open that I was like, Whoa, what's in here? You know what I mean? Uh, because I think it was a really good punk rock record that happened to go mainstream and it went everywhere and it was unavoidable. Um, but that thing kind of when I was in middle school set me on that path of being really intrigued by what subcultures were. And then, uh, you know, as, as soon as I could, uh, get to the beach off and I started surfing. And when I got into surfing, similar with Darren with skate videos, surf videos were like kind of having a real day in the sun at that time. And Epitaph Records had a deal that they'd give any of their music to surf videos for free at the time. So like surf videos were packed with punk rock from Epitaph Records. So I think that just like, you know, I was really into surfing at the time and I loved playing guitar, but I didn't take it all that seriously. I didn't have real confidence in it, you know, but I love surfing. And like, that's just like, I was like, dude, I'm a punk rocker now. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a smart move by Epitaph there. Yeah. Dude. I love that. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because, it's because uh, I guess it's not a big surprise. It's, mine's kind of a combination of both things you guys just mentioned. Uh, skateboarding. and uh, But around the time when Uki was a big thing, I was actually just talk, having a very two separate but similar conversations to my daughter who I punish with this stuff all the time. <laughs> I, was listening, I was watching something or listening to something and Dr. Octagon, the rapper, was on and I was like, oh, I remember finding this on like episode four of four one one video, you know, skate videos and like, yeah. and then like, but then there was like other things in there, like even like um, the Beatles come together was on there and I was like, mm -hmm. what the, you know, like before when I was like twelve or whatever, that was all new and then skate again skateboarding, um, getting the when I bought my first pair of skate shoes, it was summer before seventh grade and they were just so they could all black pair of Vans. Simon Woodstock Vans. And with that came um, Punkorama Volume 2.1. I don't know why it was 2.1, but it was just, it was all the epitaph stuff. It was, you know, it was, yeah. it was rancid, joy oh, killer, EFL. Yeah, they get, and those are great. Yeah. yeah, it was like, it was a really good introduction. Bad Religion, H2O. Yeah, uh, the, yeah it was, uh, it, it was, it was cool. But anyway, so 
I always like to ask because like just recently, I think on the, on, the, on an episode I was editing earlier today, talking to somebody a lot younger and they're talking about how they got in and it was through. Oh, fuck, I forget what it even was. I forget what it was, but he's talking about his band now, how people are getting into it through TikTok. And it's like, it's so funny how we all get there, you know, but each generation has their different, different entry points. And yeah, uh, I sure. like to hear where people's are. Yeah. So, all right, you guys get into it, whatever years, whatever ages that was. Um, you start playing music, obviously. Um, and then eventually we're going to fast forward all the way up to the band you're in now. But when does Reconciler get together? Uh, I got I got to put my little bit in here. So I moved to Atlanta in 2010 and didn't know very many people and started going to see shows, just everything I could to, to you know, get into the scene here. And mm-hmm. Joseph kept being at the shows. He kept, you know, wearing all the same shirts or whatever, like a band that I knew I liked. And we finally like talked a little bit, but he was mostly playing acoustic at the time. And uh, I was just like, dude, we need to like, when you're ready to do a punk rock band or, you know, anything different than this, uh, you need to let me know. And, uh, yeah, finally years later, I finally, you know, I'm warmed down and he <laughs> started hanging out and we started writing songs together. Um, and then from there we found out that we've, you know, been at all the same shows, you know, 10 years before that kind of stuff happened. So it's kind of a small world, how things have happened, but yeah, that's, that's my side of that story. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, do you remember his pursuit of you the same way? Yeah, it was relentless. I was just like, <laughs> get away from me, guy. No. Uh, it was. Yeah, I felt like it was a good like, guy for a lot of years. Dude, <laughs> no, it was definitely not like that because like, uh, uh, even though Darren likes to play it down a lot, he has this incredible resume of playing music. And like every time he was like, he was like, yeah, if you ever want to do a thing, we should talk about it. And I always kind of thought he was bullshitting me because uh, I was like, why does this dude want to play in a band with me? Um, you know, like especially when I found out that he was a bass player from Gunmall, which was a band that I fucking loved. And I was like, Yeah, I was like, why does this dude from Gunmall want to play in a band with me? Uh, you know, and then like uh yeah, I don't know. We just we just kept being in the same places. I think Austin Lucas is who introduced us. Uh he and I were probably yeah, playing a show that you were at. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh and yeah, it just started making more and more sense. And I got to a place with singer songwriter stuff where I got really jaded and I started like writing these songs in my bedroom that needed to be band songs. And I just sent Darren a text one day and I was like, I was like, Hey, if you were really serious about that stuff, I think it's something uh, that I'm into doing again. And like, he texted me right back and he was like, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Come over with your ideas, you know? And like, he was waiting for it. He was just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't doing much else at the time. <laughs> well, Darren, why, why did you look at Joseph and hear him playing the other stuff and say, I want to be in a band? What was it about what he did that you wanted to pursue that? Um, I think it's because I spent so many years in, in Gainesville, Florida and, you know, was so involved in that scene around all the people, all the friends playing with tons of people, recording tons of people. It just was very, that's, that became part of my natural type of comfort voice per se, you know? Right. And I think Joseph just had a lot of the same, you know, he knew all the same records, knew all the same people, knew all the same bands, uh, had seen a bunch of the same shows. So it was just like this very good comfort level of like, Hey, this is awesome. And then also him doing the singer songwriter stuff was all, you know, at that era of time, all those type of bands or all those hardcore bands were always going off doing, you know, the solo work and trying to do the yeah. singer songwriter stuff. So it was, you know, it was the era too. So it was like, Oh, this, 
you know, normal. Um, not everybody can be Tim Barry and, you know, make a huge success <laughs> from it. But, yeah. Uh, the, it, it the, pond, <laughs> the pond got full pretty quick. <laughs> it was a thing, man. That was a, that was a thing. That was a, yeah. the, was that the, what they call it? The revi- was it the revival tours? Is that the what revival tour happened? Yeah. Is that oh, what yeah, it was? That, that thing that yep. Chuck did was, it was great. It was insane. I, I, that, it, mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate it at the time, but I think I appreciate it more now because he was so strict on, there's no headliner. There's no first band. There's no last band. It's just all in around. Everybody's doing each other's songs. And like, I just think the format was ahead of his time. I'm sure, you know, I'm, great. I know he took it, you know, from years ago, but the fact that he was doing it at that point, at that point, it was, you know, yeah, it was awesome. It was really cool. And I totally took it all for granted back then. I, I didn't yeah. want nothing to do with it. I was, I was full <laughs> hardcore then. And I was living in Baltimore and I was like, dude, we don't need to bring, yeah. get the fans back together. Like, <laughs> enough of this shit and now i've you know now i could say i've gone to see chuck reagan twice in the last year you know the last calendar year you know it's like anytime he comes around like we're going as a family i bring my kids um you know you know so like (laughs) things have changed but so but uh yeah that's that's very cool it's very cool that it kind of this kind of came from that but you guys didn't actually start the band until what year was it um I think we started writing for this thing in 2015, but we played our first show in 2016. Hmm. Um, oh. We, yeah, right? Isn't that right? That sounds That's all right. right. Yeah, because like I actually, uh, I actually had a solo slot on a Drag the River show here in Atlanta, and Darren and I have been working on this stuff, and uh, and he was like, "Hey, why don't we just, uh, you know." why don't we just make this the band show? Uh, and I think that was maybe like four weeks before that show. And it was just Darren and I at the time. And in four weeks we recruited another guitar player and a drummer. And, uh, uh, yeah, that was our first show. And then we haven't stopped since then. Yeah. Was there a, I mean, maybe it's kind of obvious being that you guys already were pretty well established as musicians, but was there a certain sound that you were going for that you wanted to hit I, I see the phrase that I like this phrase that you guys seem to use soft edge hardcore. Was that, <laughs> <laughs> is that oh, what was man. this really, was this the pitch? Is this how you came up with it? So, no, 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 no. Uh, I think, I don't know the beginning and like the first EP that we recorded. Uh, so probably, you know, the first year of the band, I think it was like, we were really trying to find our footing and exactly what we were going to do. And it was like very transitional for me from like, having done exclusively singer songwriter stuff for a lot of years to like getting back into playing loud again, playing electric guitar again and going from singing somewhat quietly, uh, to really like, you know, just giving it everything I got. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, the band started with a little more Americana singer songwriter leanings, and uh we kind of realized pretty quickly that like you know when i start playing with darren it like it brings out we go more to like punk rock post hardcore pretty fast so by the time we recorded our first full length we had kind of shifted shifted directions a little bit but you know like i think we i think we pay tribute to our uh to our beginnings here and there but like you know it's definitely uh a faster, louder, heavier thing than it started out being now. Um, but the, uh, the soft edge hardcore tagline that we took, 
we actually stole that from a negative review that Jawbreaker got back in the day. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> and like, uh, I mean, we're huge Jawbreaker fans, but like, you know, that the person who wrote that intended it to be a bad thing. And we were like, that's cool as fuck, actually. Like, that's what I wanted. That's what I want to be. Like, I would love it if somebody saw us as that, you know? But yeah, so it's a little bit of like a, just a tongue in cheek thing, but yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I expect when I, when I see it, I don't, you know, I, I, but it makes sense. That's what's funny is that like, all right, you know, sounds like a little bit of a joke, but also kind of, kind of apt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, with uh, with all the things you've done before and uh, your all your experience, what was the I don't want to say like expectation, but like when you're going into the starting another band, new group of guys, is this something you thought I ah, just want to play around town? Maybe want to go on tour? Like, what was it? What was the expectation? How did you know where you wanted to take it, or how serious you wanted to take it, or prioritize it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. And like, mm -hmm. I remember having a conversation with Darren when like. Uh, when it was like, Hey, are we going to do this thing as a band? And I was like, and I was like, I'm all on board to do it. But like, I in no way, shape or form just want to do it as like a half-assed local band. I was like, I know that we can't tour full time. We have a lot of obligations, but if we're going to do this band at all, I got to do it a hundred percent. Like mm -hmm. we have to treat it, you know, even if we only get to play, 10, 15, 20 shows a year or whatever. Uh, like we got to treat it like we're playing a hundred shows a year, you know? And like Darren was like, that's the only way that I can do it, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, we, you know, we try to make it as much of a pro outfit as we can with our resources and the time that we have available, you know? So what does that mean when you say it that way? I practice our songs every single day. Like, it's very serious. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I do it because I love it. Like it's almost right. like it's, it's almost like this kind of like meditative, uh, little Zen moment for me to like get up in the morning, make coffee, go straight upstairs and just play 18 songs in a row on guitar. You know what I mean? Like just do it. It's really been good for me, but like, no, like I don't, there's a lot of bands that like, you know, they're going to play once every three months or whatever and like get together one time before that show and yeah. get up there and really suck and laugh at each other while it's happening and be like, that was fun, dude. You got any more drink tickets? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but that's not like we're trying to make something fucking real here. I don't know. You know, so like we're trying to have the best gear that we can have sound as good as we can sound on stage and on records. And uh, yeah. Play with Try bands to, that we love. Try not to fuck it up along the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We still do every time somehow. But. <laughs> you know, though, I, I really do. I appreciate what you're saying there, though, because uh, I won't name names, but I saw a band who I love recently. I love them. And they were, they sucked so bad. <laughs> and I've seen them before and they were great. And, you know, but just one time my wife and I went to see them just recently and they 
were dog shit and they were just doing what you were saying up there. They were just like, hey, you know, whatever. I guess it sucks tonight. And I'm like, man, I was looking forward to this for months. You know how it is with time too, yeah. right? Now, you know, we're older. Time is like, yeah. if I'm going to take my time and go to go to something, a town over on a week, weekday night, I want it to be worth it, right? That's a big deal. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, so I appreciate when I know a band is actually putting it out there, putting it together. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we've, we've all seen those too, where it's like, really? I, yeah. And so I, I think we both have the same shared, you know, and Jay or drummer too, same thing. It's like, we don't want to be that band. We don't want to be the, the guys on stage drinking and having too much fun and our songs are mm-hmm. suffering because you know, you never know. There's always, you never know who's going to be there. Who's going to be there for those reasons. You know, it's like, this is the one night a month. I'm going to, you know, I got a babysitter and I want to like enjoy this. And instead it's watching a bunch of morons, you know, <laughs> <laughs> inept on their instruments so it's like you know that's, yeah, we're they deserve better we're better than that we have or the potentials more so yeah sure sure we mentioned before that you started as a four piece and now you're down to three is there is it just did you just find it works better that way um i well no the, the guitar player <laughs> that we had originally he yeah he left to uh to go to grad school and it was like well got nothing to can't stop you there but right uh and yeah, like not, not only grad school but in jazz guitar performance yeah so nice. it was like so it's like when he came out the other side we couldn't even let him back in if he wanted to come back you know because his guitar playing was all wacky yeah. um i just learned like, i got i gotta interrupt you because i just learned about jazz guitar recently I, i've i've been on a i've been on a uh, uh look i don't play any instruments i just learned that jazz guitar was a thing and now so now i'm like oh grant green he's great i'm buying his albums and shit um but i'm, I'm i've been on this like i'm only like six months in but this edu- i'm trying to educate myself on jazz music which means i read one book and i've listened to a bunch of records right so yeah <laughs> but recently i was like oh like grant green i like this album green street or whatever it is and i started listening to it and i was like we you mean jazz guitar i didn't even know it was like an instrument you could jazz on you know i just thought it was <laughs> and now so now i'm going down the jazz guitar but yeah yeah that's it's it's another world it's a, i mean yeah. it's mind-blowing like being yeah. a guitar player and watching a jazz guitarist play it's like i know our instruments look the same but they can't be right yours got to yeah. be different than mine i think but like but no, like, so when, uh, you know, when Kyle left the band, we were like, he was, he's so good. The best guitar player that I've ever played with in a band. It was just unreal playing with this dude. And it was like, well, not just any old body's going to replace this dude, you know? And, uh, we didn't really have anybody in mind at the time. Uh, so we just started jamming as a trio. And I think after, you know, after, after a little bit of a rough patch, we were like, you know what, we can do it like this. And then when the right person comes along, we'll figure it out. Uh, you know, and that was like six years ago or whatever. So like, uh, yeah, we obviously have a pretty, uh, pretty specific taste and, uh, the right person never came along and I just had to get a lot better at fucking playing guitar. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, I've been in three pieces for or trio back, you know, bands for, decades so I, it was very common for me i'm very comfortable in that environment too so yeah i think I mean, a bit when you know when kyle left that we didn't have that fourth person on stage but you know it was convincing you that no you can do it you got it so you, you were definitely the person that was presenting the idea that we could do it and i was presenting that we could do it if 
somebody else replaced me, but <laughs> not me. But like, yeah, we got there. We got there. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you got there. Of course, I'm referring to the new album Art for Our Sake, which I've listened to a lot lately over the last couple of weeks. Um, So whoever, whoever sent me that promo, I mean, I know who sent me that promo, but thanks to them for sending me that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is that's uh, so how long has this one been in the making? Cause the last one was what year? What what was the first record? 2019 was the last one. Yeah. So five years ago, actually uh, our, for our sake comes out one day after the five year anniversary of our last Mm. record. Uh, which is fucking oh i was gonna blame the leap year but i guess we're not <laughs> it's like if it happened in march that could you could blame the leap year but you, it's like yeah. just barely yeah. too early yeah well, so we're gonna steal that one from you sorry we're yeah. Gonna yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a, it's a leap year i think i don't really remember what happened in 2020 but it might have been a leap year uh, but yeah no i think this record has been it's been in the works for a while you know and like I mean, obviously the pandemic happening changed everything. And, uh, you know, we had a, we had a handful of hurdles even after that getting to this point, but like, uh, yeah, we finally made it. It, uh, Like it it just feels absolutely surreal that it's actually coming out now. Uh, Like I'm still not sure that it's happening. Like I have, I have a copy of it on that shelf right there and i'm still yeah. not sure that it's, yeah. that it's happening. once you got the physical i mean that's that's it man you, you yeah. would think but yeah, yeah. I think you're, <laughs> we've been we've been this close in the past where it's like it's oh we're done nope yeah yeah so. mm. is that because there was uh manufacturing delays recording delays what was what has taken this album five years i mean the pandemic was two years for sure right. you know it just like that just that that was two of them so and then it took three more because like uh we uh we had a lineup change right before we were about to start recording yeah so it was like then threw the brakes right back on it we got a new drummer and then you know spent half of a year getting up to speed with them and like figuring out how to be a band again it's like that's one thing about being a trio is like you know there's three people in it. You replace one of them. It's like, you got to rework the whole machine. You know what I mean? Like planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery, soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right. Everybody has to pull so much weight, you know, it's not like, so we had to kind of rebuild and like, uh, reorchestrate the thing with a new drummer and then like, uh, reroute it for the better. 
sounds better. Yeah. Executed better. Completely yeah. different. But it, it, you know, everything changed. You know, the ideas that we had and they were being we had been playing them a certain way that, you know, they completely twist and turn and become this different thing afterwards. And, you know, and I think we all look at it now and go, this is so much better than where it will, where it had been at this stage or at that stage. And hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like definitely. And like, you know, when Jay, our new drummer joined, like we realized pretty quick that he's a really good harmony singer. And it was like, Oh, Holy shit. We can like, start adding like three part harmonies into these songs. Whereas before they would have been way more stripped down vocally. So we got to take it in a different direction than we would have. It became a different record, you know, and like for the better, yeah. which is amazing. Um, but yeah, then we had like some like uh label stuff happen. Label change. Yeah. Label change. And, and then just got a new label. new label. Yeah. Yeah. Label so. change. That was uh bit dramatic or was it not? For you, I don't know how it trickled down to the so. <laughs> that's why yeah. I'm being vague. <laughs> yeah, I, like, uh, uh, man, I don't know. It's so that was it was such a serious situation that it almost feels like inappropriate to like weigh in mm, from yeah. our standpoint of like this is how it affected me. It's like, dude, no, I don't need. None of us need to talk about how it. Like, you know, like. <laughs> some really terrible things happened and like, uh, you know, we were part of the fallout of that, but like in the grand scheme of what that situation is, we don't matter, you know, and none of the other bands that were on that label matter. Either. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. So it feels fucking hard to talk about that is, I mean, it was heartbreaking on so many levels, not just from being in this band, but like being friends with, close friends with people that ran that label that worked their asses off and dedicated their lives to doing cool things in the world. And that had nothing to do with that shitty situation that happened, you know? And then like, so a lot of people lost a lot sure. and yeah. our inconveniences are very, very, very far down on that list, you know? Well, but, and, and you landed on your feet as far as that's concerned with yeah. the smart punk records. Dude, so fast. It was awesome. Like, it was great. We were, I mean, I can't, I can't even, I don't even want to go back to that point of like that month or so where we had a record in the can, masters done, art done, everything done after like feeling like we had scaled a mountain of getting there as a band and then being like, oh shit, we're falling down the fucking mountain. Like, we thought our work was done. Now we're at the bottom again. And then like, you know, and then like calling, you know, smart punk and them just being like, yeah, let's do this. And we were like, Oh, holy shit. Like yeah. if that would have been a no, I don't know. Like if that could have been like, you know what I mean? Like what would we have done if that was a no, I didn't even want to go to the next one on the list. You know, like we didn't have the energy. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. we're, we're exhausted. We got lucky and we're yeah. fucking grateful for it. So yeah, it's been good. Yeah, they went fantastic. Yeah, seems seems to have worked out. Uh, before I ask you more about art for arts, art for hours, art for hours' sake. See, I got I'm gonna get fucked up trying to say this every time. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you know what your album's called. I don't need to say it to you. Uh, the uh, you, you're in a trio. You talked about being in a trio, of course. Um, so yeah. I think we should take a break to talk about to get everybody's best trio. Darren, who is the best trio? Oh crap! Uh, 
the best trio. And, and this lives forever, so you, you got to get it right. <laughs> yeah. That's so and you had to ask my name. You had to, yeah, you, you said my name first. And, uh, best trio ever. Uh, I am drawing a blank right now, so I'm going to have to go with Jawbreak. Fair enough. <sighs> well, uh, Darren, because you couldn't think of anything better, you stole mine. But, uh, Jawbreaker is definitely the trio that I look to for inspiration the most. Like I love how they work and I admire how they work as a trio so much. Like the way they can lock in together and all three of those pieces come together to make this machine. is like, that's what I strive to do in this band, you know? And it's like, but I don't know. Like, it's like, it feels like throwing out like Nirvana is like just a close little adjacent thing. You know what I mean? But like, Nirvana mostly wasn't a trio either, but like shit, last time I saw a jawbreaker, they mostly weren't a trio either. So it's like, <laughs> you know, like, like Green Day, I think is one of the best trios that's ever existed, but like they haven't actually been a trio in like, you know, 20 years. They just don't right. let that fourth dude take pictures with them or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, I don't it's a little know. sinister, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Sure he makes a great well, you guys are both wrong. Whatever. It's Motorhead, so. I mean, good, good tries, everybody, but it was, yeah. dude, that's a good answer. That that's is a great good answer. answer. Yeah. yeah. I was going to, I'm just, I started to like pull up my phone, trying to find some like other references. Like <laughs> I, I see Leatherface as a trio, which is, which worked out just weirdly, but it worked out. Right. right. Uh, Bob Mould, I think would be a, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm only in the B, so I'm gonna just I'm gonna put it down. I'm gonna move on. From <laughs> <laughs> Young Widows was a pretty damn good trio. Young Widows is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good trio. I still give it to Motorhead. So um, we I'll <laughs> the give search and the win. Yeah. All right, all right. So um, art for our sake, as I understand it, is something of a concept album. I don't need yeah. you to dig deep on it. I just want you to tell me what it is without losing me it's i mean <laughs> he did say without losing him please remember that <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna keep you i'm gonna keep you right here i got i got you don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> it's uh it's a record about being on a journey about trying to enjoy life more like it's about trying to just learn how to see the light in every situation rather than just focusing on the despair because it's like, you know, you can find whatever you're looking for in this life. And if you're looking for despair, like it's everywhere, it's so easy to see. But like, if you want to find some light and some hope, like you got to start looking for that, you know? And like, it's a record about being on that journey. I like it. All right. See, yeah, that, that I got, that I understood. Told, and and honestly, you, man, when, you. when you say it, it, I looked over to my other screen here because it reminded me of one of the songs on the record. Now I can't remember which one it is. It's either Illusions or Echoes. There's just some lyrics in there that sounded like that. It's just a couple lines that like was just like, that's what exactly what it made me think of when you described it that way. And uh, I think that's pretty interesting because that's kind of where I locked into it. And if I were to tell you a line that I could actually remember, it would have been whichever song it came from. <laughs> <laughs> you do better than me. I, I've heard these songs thousands of times and I still can't even tell you what half the names are. 
with. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about you guys. And this is, this is, this is what has been impressive to me about art for our sake is that a lot of times I listen to music, a new album, which I, I'm always listening to new music. It's like the thing I do constantly every day is new album, new album, new album, new album. And I barely ever listen to the shit I even love. I'm just constantly trying to find something new. But when I do find something new, it takes me several listens through again till I actually start to pay attention to the lyrics. Cause it's like, you know, yeah. which is, which ends up sure. being like my favorite part. It ends up being what I like most about music. A lot of times is the lyrics, but I, it has to be like delivered excellently. <laughs> like everything else has to be great till I get to the point where I find the spot that I love. And I've, and my point being that I've, I'm already honed in on the lyrics on art for our sake. So like I've listened to it enough that I know I enjoy it enough that I'm hearing what you're saying now. And I, and that to me, I know Thanks, is like man. a, is like cool. a cool metric for me on how, how much I like something. That means a lot, man. Thank you very much. Well, what are you guys most looking forward to with the release of this record? Cause you already got them in hand. So what, what's, what's the most exciting part about releasing a record? This is the one time where you like have full uh, freedom to perform the record, you know, in its entirety. Um, this or when it's like, you know, 30 year anniversary. Of the record, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll now or much, much <laughs> later. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think it's uh, pretty fun to, for me, it's, it's exciting to kind of go to that, to like play the record top to bottom and uh, kind of do it that way. Cause it'll, it'll, like I said, it'll be for quite a while before we do that again. And uh, yeah, so I think that's, that's what makes it special to me for the actual release. The one night. Definitely, <laughs> Definitely man. And we tried to like, uh, we tried to orchestrate our uh, release show here in Atlanta to be as much of a party as possible <laughs> rather than like, you know, like in the past we've like, you know, we've tried to like stack release shows with as many like buddy bands as possible. Like we're going to play with all of our friends tonight, but like the release show that we're playing uh, in a couple of weeks here, there's only two bands playing and we have a stand-up comedian and then like uh, an all vinyl DJ playing the rest of the night. So we can just hang out like all the people that are willing to come to our show and celebrate with us. We can actually hang out with them, you know, like in the past, you know, if you're playing last out of four or five bands, you know, like by the time you get off stage, like the house lights are coming on and somebody's sweeping up and it's like, get out, you know? So it's yeah, like, yeah. you don't even have time to like hang out with the people that came to see you. So like, that's really why I was impressed when I saw the lineup for it. It's you guys, Larry, the cable guy, great white DJ, Jazzy, Jazzy. <laughs> like it's, it's really cool how you put that together. Dude, I, I, when, I started throwing out ideas for this album release show. And uh, one of the first things that I brought to the band text was getting a magician. And both Darren <laughs> and Jay were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And nah, I was you like, had the right idea. How? Dude, are you kidding me? I was like, I, it just bums me out that my bandmates. People can't hate magic. Man. People hate magic. <laughs> they just, they don't, they don't, dude, like what they, don't, don't they don't trust. Yeah. <laughs> it would have, it would have been rad, but anyway, we have some cool stuff happening with that. And I think that is the coolest thing about releasing a record. Um, other than that, there's like, there's cool momentum to go do more things. Like, hmm. you know, we're going to Europe and the UK for the first time with this band. And like, you know, that's certainly because of like the crest of this new record coming out and stuff that we get to do shit like that. So yeah. Getting to do all like, uh, you know, the punk rock dream stuff. 
Is there anything about it that uh, you get to go, or maybe you already have, I guess that's why I ask it this way, that you get to go, all right, this five-year process, we're, we're kind of, we get to do new stuff now. Is there any of that? Or are you not ready to move on yet? Because I, I, I see it both ways. I see it as a, you know, sometimes people, you know, write a record for so long and then it's, they, you listen to it as the artist. Of course, you hear it a million times and it's finally out there and it's like, it's off your shoulders. It's time to do something different. I mean, aside from playing the shows. Um, I don't know, man. I think like, I mean, making this record has been such a process that like, we certainly have not been back in writing mode after we got done recording this record. Um, I feel like that's definitely going to come around sooner than later. Like I have a couple riffs starting to stack up and stuff and I'm just getting back into that place where it's like, all right, I might like actually have a few, few ready to go, you know? Um, but I don't know. I think it's been such a busy year man with all of the stuff that's been happening that like I'm definitely ready for the record to come out and just get to breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. You know what I mean? Just be like, Holy shit. Like (laughs) just, I'm looking forward to that, you know? And then as soon as I breathe that first sigh, then I'll just be like, uh, obsessively checking metrics and shit for like a month of like, are people fucking listening to it? Does everybody hate me or whatever? You know, like, maybe a moment of peace would be nice when it comes out (laughs) with all you guys experience releasing music being in bands for so long playing whatever is it is anything about this easier or more fun than years before uh i'm gonna say no because i think now we're (laughs) (laughs) i think it's probably more years there's more time between releases and i think that you know in this society with the culture and the way that things just happen so fast or not at all. Um, you never know. You never know if there's going to be another one or if they'll, you know, whatever, you know, yeah, life, life happens. So, um, I think for me with what I've been doing with my life and, you know, all my music in the last while is kind of just cherishing each release, each thing, because, I'm fortunate enough to still be doing it after all these years. I don't know how much longer I'll be able to for one reason or another. So, um, yeah, I don't know if there's more weight on it, but uh, I don't know about that, but it's just, yeah, that makes it more valuable, more precious. Um, so I want to make right. sure that it's right before it, reads it, before it gets out there. But uh, at the same time, it's just a snapshot in time. So um, we, if we played the record again right now, it would be, executed differently but mm-hmm. still like it's just a snapshot of right now when it happens and yeah there's always going to be things that we want to do differently or better but have fun just enjoy it you just <laughs> enjoy it that's what i'm yeah that's all i can say on that i guess that's that's kind of what my question what I, what i mean by it. is it easier to enjoy it now like as opposed to when you were younger where you're making take taking it more for granted um, is it easier to enjoy the whole process to, of of being in a band? I guess I'm gonna still have to say no. I yeah. like. I would like to say like, yeah. It's just like it brings it brings me so much joy. You know what I mean? Like, if you know, if in an unrelated discussion, if somebody like that didn't know me was like, "What brings you joy in life?" and I'd be like, like you know, making music and playing in a band, that would probably be my first answer. You know, and then when it really comes down to it, like, like 
playing music and being in a band is like one of the most maddening fucking things that I've ever done in my life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, and it's because I care about it so much though. Like I'm constantly stressing about it. And like, I'm so hard on myself about like, like, dude, I've fucked that setup so bad tonight, you know, like, or what, you know, I'm just like, it's, so it's, it's very hard to enjoy, but in the moment, but like, I can't not do it. Like, I just like, you know, so in that sense, it's like, I don't know it being one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. And it's supplying joy or like mutually exclusive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just, when it does, when it does supply joy, like it's the most joy. Yeah. So it's like you know a gambling I mean? addiction. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it is. It is one. It is one hundred percent that, and it's got this like just like gambling. It's got this intermittent reward, you know. So you're like, it's like just Every because five years you do you the hit. thing. Yeah, yeah. Just because you do all the things right, you don't get the drug. You know, you have to just say so just you know. But yeah, man, it's it's like maddening and it's stressful and it drives me crazy. But I love it so much and yeah. I can't not do it. Like it's just you know when when we're making music and we write a song that I really believe in that I'm just like, Holy fuck. We just wrote that song. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing anything else with my life when we're on stage and everything is sounding exactly like it should. I can't imagine doing anything else with my life. There's fucking nowhere I would rather be when that's happening. And then like all the other thousand steps you have to take to get to those two little things. It's just like, what the fuck are you thinking being a, yeah. being in a band? Like, <laughs> like, dude, I just need to move back to the coast and start surfing again and not yeah. give a fuck about playing in a band. You know what I mean? Like, you talk about like it, it being harder or easier, but like uh, right now with everything being so digitized or trackable, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, plays on a spotify playlist or sales or anything oh, like man. that so that's the stuff that like i'm still ignoring those things but joseph's fully engulfed in it and so he's <laughs> he's tracking real time like <laughs> we're I've, I've been doing thing. yeah i've been doing this podcast for seven years and I'm i used to sure i used to look problem. at that stuff all the time i don't yeah. even fucking know where it is i mean i do i just i like I finally got to the point where somebody asked me like, well, how often do people listen? I was like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, I mean? like I, I mean, I could, I could look at, but, I, but it'll just be like, why was it so low that day? Like, well, yeah. Like I thought that band was popular. I thought they, I thought people would, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I, I just got to do a, it doesn't, I can click that button, but it sends me down a weird path when I do, you know? Yeah. And you have a lot of self-control with not clicking that button. Like you're, yeah. you're good at it. Now I am. It took a couple of years, but yeah, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. I was looking today. Today, today, <laughs> I looked, but today I looked, but only because I got an email <laughs> telling me I was way up, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "Why? Why am I? Why was last week's? It was like in the top fifty for music interviews on podcast on uh, Apple Music interviews." I was like, "That's Gosh, did you- that's higher than this stuff usually goes, right?" You know, I'm competing with real like industry, like pop stuff, right? Like, why is it in the top 50 last week? But it was there. So I looked for a little bit, but yeah, usually I stay out of it. Yeah. Did you happen to do a little reconciler plug last week by any chance? No, 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 no. <laughs> Can't say that. <laughs> I don't think we were on the schedule yet. Yeah. They'll, they'll be this week though. Maybe this week is, maybe I just, it's the beginning. 
you know. Oh, yeah, don't don't look at it this week, man. <laughs> or it was the peak of the bell curve, you know. It was, <laughs> Sorry to bring that curve back down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to add, I think probably what I assume probably maybe if I'm getting this right adds to some of those. I don't know, stress, maybe not the word, but um, weight of reconciler. Uh, Joseph, you handle a lot of the artwork too, right? Yeah. Well, first I want to ask you, what comes first? Music and artwork? Wait, do, do, do is one influence the other? Do you do things separately and then just kind of marry them up? How does, how do you, what's the process? I think especially like leading into this album cycle or whatever you want to call it, like it, not that it was very intentional, but like my visual artwork and song subject matter has been like getting more and more entwined. You know what I mean? So I feel like, um, so where I'm at right now there, it's all very much related, which is a good thing. I think it like, I think it means that like my creative energy is more focused on what I want to think about, what I want to explore. And, uh, you know, rather than trying to like divide that energy up into two different paths and devote part of it here and part of it there, it feels more like it's centrally focused and like paintings and songs are just the same thing. They just look and sound different. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of that. Gotcha. I'm acting like I understand, but, <laughs> but I'm admitting I don't, but only in the way that I am not an artist in any sense. So I just have to trust people like yourself when you say these things to me. And, uh, well, so I can, I can be a little more specific that might bring it home a little more. So it's like, you know, I talked about this record about being on this journey through time, like looking for like a better outlook. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're on this, this record is about being on a journey, trying to find, you know, more positivity in life. And these paintings that I'm making are about just like exploring like space and time in that sense of like trying to be more present here and look for positivity in like this world that feels like a chaos of information. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, you know, we all find ourselves daily in situations where there's a TV on, there's a computer screen right here. We're both scrolling phones. We're talking to each other and all this information just melts together into this chaos. You know what I mean? So, and like, and the way, the way that your brain starts processing all that stuff, it's kind of like, you know, was that the, was that the TV that just asked a question or was that my wife that asked a question or was it like, you know, this Instagram video that I'm watching, you know, at all, like, I'm just like trying to explore that chaos and just, find some beauty in it rather than being like, everything sucks. Look at our stupid world. You know, I'm like, I'm like, what if we can find some really cool stuff in the way that things exist right now? You know what I mean? Like, and it's just trying to shift that lens of like, we don't have to see it as everything sucks, even though most of the time everything does suck. Like, what if we can just find a way to figure out how to see something cool and beautiful and positive in this? So it's like, that's what I'm trying to do with those paintings. That's what I'm trying to do with the songs, you know, perspective. hundred percent. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Nailed I it. get, I get, I get perspective. That's yeah. I'm going to change my artist statement to one word. It's <laughs> just going to say perspective. And everybody's like, well, yeah, we all get it now. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, um, again, album art for our sake. 
February 2nd, Smart Punk Records. You got some, you got a record release show. Great White's not playing, but you know, there's still time probably. Uh, no, no pyro. Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're not, I, I will never invite them just so you know. Uh, <laughs> you got beef? I have beef. Well, come on now. Don't keep it to yourself. Uh, it's going to be a part two episode. <laughs> uh, so I was having an addition done in my house and I had a contractor and that contract. So I gave, it was a three part installment on this, in the, uh, addition, yeah. gave the one, finished it up, gave him part number two. And he's like, cool, I'll see you on Monday. And then he happened to fly to Connecticut for the weekend and he did not make it back. So no, this is not a funny. This is not a funny story. It is not a funny. I'm sorry. It is not a funny story. Great White is not invited ever to be participate in any sort of thing with me. So yeah. Oh come on. There's like a once yeah. bitten, twice shy pun that could be made oh in there, right? <laughs> oh. Oh. Holy shit! That's yeah. wild. I never knew that story. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was, and my roof was undone. And every time it rained, it was just coming into my house. <laughs> and it was like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I, if you talk about uh, summing it up to the record label and all the things that went down, like my situation was, the, I was inconvenienced. It was incomparable <laughs> to what other people had suffered. So it was like, oh, uh, God. wow. Yeah. So, wow. uh, sorry. That really just changed this uh, ending. Of this are you show. kidding me? That was the best way to yeah. end this that I could have even asked for. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and that's it, fellas. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> oh, God damn it. This is not for questions. This is a rave. This might be my blood and it might be rave. Deliver me from these walls of sovereign design.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Darren and Joseph of Reconciler. I got to admit, I had to hold a little bit of the excitement and fanboyism in when uh, talking to Darren as he is uh, credited as playing on one of my favorite records ever. Ever clears so much for the afterglow, but I think I kept it together. So don't worry about that. Also a member of Less Than Jake, which probably people care more about and it's more significant in his discography, but so much for the afterglow incredible but hey art for our sake not so bad either huh that was the title track you just heard i hope you enjoyed it i really have enjoyed that record i've listened to it a lot and here's a marker of something that i actually enjoyed not only was that thing about the lyrics and actually dissecting them getting in listening to them hearing them but often when i'm getting ready for an interview i listen to uh, whatever record we're going to talk about like ad nauseum until i get kind of sick of it and i keep going back to this one so that's a great indication of something that I actually really do enjoy. And if you enjoy any of the two tracks that I played for you here, you're going to love the whole thing. Available everywhere now on Smart Punk Records. Check it out for yourself. I don't know if there's vinyl copies available, but I assume there are. Um, I should get one, but I don't know where they are. You're going to find out by Googling that the same way that I'm going to find out, I guess. And you're going to do that after this episode, which is wrapping up. We're almost done. I already told you about the Patreon, so I don't got to remind you to do that. I do got to remind you to go to gettingitout.net. Check out what's going on over there. A lot of tour announcements going down for the spring. And well, we can leave it at that. For the rest of this episode, I just need you to enjoy a track from Baron Womb. They've got a new record dropping called Chemical Tardigard, and the band themselves has been around since 2011 at this point. So you may be familiar with them, maybe not. I don't know what your knowledge of Nordic noise rock is, but I suggest if you haven't heard of them, or even if you have, you start now and you dig into this new track from Baron Womb called Squat Walker. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.
Empire!